Hello, this is Michael Muth with Going Global International Interviews. We're speaking with a couple of the principals at World Trade Center Illinois. Neil Hardigan, who is the chairman and CEO, and Joel Ozer, who is the uh, person in charge of trade services. So let's jump right into it. First of all, who are World Trade Center Illinois' customers? Are they foreigners coming over here or Illinoisans going abroad? Well, Michael, it's, it's uh, some of all the above. One of the things that's unique about us <clears throat> is since we are in the private sector, we're a 501c3 and a 501c6. We're in the private sector. Therefore, we can do both export and import support, uh, whereas a government agency will do only export support. So uh, depending on, on the nature of it, for instance, the <clears throat> statewide uh, project where we've been targeting expanding small and medium-sized businesses into uh, into trade in the state. Uh, you know that obviously is is uh, more geared on on the job creation export side. We think it's a new kind of economic development as opposed to the traditional bricks and mortar. On the other hand, uh, we'll also work with the embassies and the consulates to get them to send more trade missions uh, and uh, work with the commercial officers in the in the. Uh, 18, well, there's 1,800 of them in the embassies and consulates throughout the world uh, to get the uh, the people who are coming over in those missions to get their products uh, documented within the, uh, the Commerce Department system for for numerization uh, to match up. You don't want to have apples and oranges when you're trying to do matches between companies coming in and, uh, and Illinois companies. So it can work... Uh, uh, either of those ways, or uh, oftentimes it'll be a company that um, will want to hold a seminar on a, on a particular subject, uh, and uh, it might be a day-long thing, it might be two days, it might have a major delegation coming in from uh, from overseas. We we do a uh, pretty fair amount with education as well. I mean, that's a little bit of everything. I mean, the one thing about trade uh, and art is that it affects everybody. Our goal is to try and get past the, the situation where only 15% of our businesses are trading. In today's world, it isn't like it used to be. We used to have a big enough market, it didn't make any difference. But only 5% of the world market is in the United States today. So we have to learn how to trade. And I guess just to differentiate a little bit further, you are pretty strict on the trade aspect, and there really isn't any investment uh, work that you do? Right, that's right. Uh, I think we're the only entity that, that focuses just on the single subject of trade. Uh, if there's a, uh, investment activity, then we usually would be working with the, uh, the State Department of Commerce for uh, World Business Chicago. You know, we, we work with all the other groups that, that are in, involved in international activity. But by keeping our focus just on trade, we think we've developed an expertise and that it's uh, a help to all our businesses. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, my next question is going to be how do you help your members? I mean, you've already described a couple ways, and I guess we'll come back to that in just a couple of minutes. Sure. But let me rephrase it a different way. What problems do you solve for people who come to the World Trade Center? Well, <coughs> it's, both, it's both people who come to us and we go looking for some of them as well. The... Uh, um, the problems can be virtually anything. I mean, why are, why are only 15% of the businesses trading? And the reason is, A, we don't grow up trading, right? So it's not, a, it's not a natural thing to us. We always had a big enough domestic market. And so when you're talking about a small or medium-sized business, then the person will say, well, trade, I don't know, I can't, I can't close up my business for three weeks and, and go three or 5,000 miles to China or anything. Who am I going to meet over there? And how am I going to know what you know? You know what kind of investment I should or I shouldn't? A hundred questions that are just common sense questions that you can think about um, that need to be answered. Well, there are 400 businesses that do 85 percent of the trade in America. 400. Okay, they get it, but they have the capital, they have the the uh, salary capabilities, they have experience, they have talented people. You know, they have the internal infrastructure to be able to deal on a worldwide basis. Excuse me, I'm just curious. Of those 400, how many of them are outside the Fortune 500 or 1,000? 
Any idea? I never compared it that way. Uh, I'm just curious. Yeah. Part of what I'm interested in is small businesses exporting as well. Right. You already mentioned that. Yeah. I'm curious as to where they fit. Well, that's, that's, it. that's our business is, is generally in the small and medium-sized area. What we're trying to do is we're trying to enable them, right? And those questions that I started to mention to you, those and a hundred others, are the things that they're the blockages. So what we target is we try and target the small and medium-sized businesses who are trading but who have a blockage or obstacles that are keeping them from trading on a broader basis, which would also enable them to create more jobs and to strengthen themselves. Or the small and sometimes medium, the primary small businesses that have the appetite to get into trade but have obstacles uh, prohibiting them from doing it. Okay. Uh, for instance, uh, in that demonstration program <coughs> that I, I referred to earlier, one of the things is, is ignorance breeds fear. You're afraid of it. You know? I mean, with everything else that's going on, uh, and as tough as things are, what you want to do is you want to do something that's going to expand, expand your business to help you get it up, some black ink on the bottom line and stay open. Okay, do you trade with somebody uh, 50 miles from you? Or do you trade with someone 5,000 miles from you? You know, if you have a feeling it's a lot safer. Okay. So, how do you deal with that? Well, one of the ways that we deal with it is to create access to accurate information for the individual businesses. If you take a, <coughs> a look today with uh, the information explosion that's taken place, uh, the infrastructure that's available in terms of, of telecommunication. Uh, one of the things that we, we did in that demonstration program is when we had done a trade self-assessment. In other words, uh, I co-authored a letter with the chairman of the Chamber of Commerce to 1,100 businesses here. And then out of that, uh, those were the ones we thought might have that potential in those groups I mentioned. Okay, we included a sheet of 10 questions of trade self-assessment so that the answers that Bilal would get back, he could start taking a look at and see which ones, what were the obstacles, what was the capacity that they had. Right? So, at the same time as that was happening, when, when they would identify one that looked like it had some potential, he, he put a webcam on their desk. All right? Why? The why is that that business, from that point on, could hit one key on their laptop or their PC, and it would open up to Bilalo's ear. It's like an ombudsman service, you know, face-to-face. This is a business that never could afford an international department like a Motorola can, or an international consultant like other big businesses can, right? But for the first time, now they've got a trade specialist, a certified trade specialist who owns 200 in the country that holds that designation right in front of their face it's part of their staff, and it's free. And that opens the door to a whole range of other things we may talk about during the course of the broadcast. So in that sense, we go out looking for businesses. In other sense, uh, in other times, uh, on matchmaking, we come, uh, uh, we work with them in different, a variety of different activities. Uh, they're in our database. Um, a group will be coming in, a trade mission will be coming in, uh, when Bilal will negotiate it, and he's the one who should be talking about this, but when he negotiates it, one of the things that he'll ask is, how many uh, matchmaking uh, meetings would you like to have? Four, five, six? And he'll pick out Illinois businesses that have the ability to do business on what these people say they want to do business on, mm-hmm. and set up four or five or six meetings for them face-to-face while they're here. Mm-hmm. And then part of what we're doing is enabling them when they leave, they'll get a webcam going out so that when, from that point on, you don't have to travel 3,000 or 5,000 miles. You can use interactive telecommunications, you know, which we do it. We do it for education, long-distance education. We do it for long-distance healthcare. We do it for uh, corrections. We do it for all sorts of subjects. Why not trade? It's common sense. I just want to thing then. Um it sounds like you support American exports as well as other countries importing into the United States. Is that correct? Yep. And 
that's cool with everybody who funds the organization, local politicians, and so on, simply because well, some people who are concerned yeah. about we don't have that. products in the United States. Yeah, well, we don't have that problem. We don't get any, any support from politicians, uh, okay. right, with one exception. The, the one program that we, the demonstration program to help Illinois businesses and small businesses uh, get into trade uh, was on a grant from Governor Blagojevich uh, for $200,000 and it's a model for the country, actually. But other than that, uh, we don't have the government funds. It's unfortunate, but the government, you know, <laughs> trade is something that everybody has heard about but really isn't very well understood. I mean, your program really is one of the handful that I've heard of in the country that actually focuses on enhancing trade and dealing with globalization. But at the same time, I mean, what are we talking about? What's that about? Good or bad, what's that about? It's about trade. What's WTO about? What's the ASEAN contact about? There's 20 more to go with it. The fact is that our competitors all over the world are trading. Okay, now, you asked about somebody coming in to trade. No Illinois business is going to do business with them unless it's good for the Illinois business as well as good for the person from overseas. One of the things that I, <clears throat> that I think is it gives the Illinois business a chance to sell their goods at the same time. You know? And, and in addition to that, you develop the relationship. Once you've met physically once, then you can use the technology so you don't have to travel a three or 5,000 miles and be away from the business and incur thousands of dollars of cost. Look at the countries, the small countries through history that have made themselves into big countries simply because they're good at trading. We can't afford to just have 15% of our businesses trading. I've done this on a pro bono basis, you know, without any salary or anything for 15 years because I really think that it's necessary that all of us have to get into into finding ways to help expand trade. It's a new kind of economic development. Whether the people in government get it or not, that's one of those things. You don't see, unfortunately, you also don't see foundations supporting it. And we've got to, as I say, why, why is there only a handful of shows like your show? Across this country, same idea. Because I'm working on it. I know you are. I know you are, and thank you know, thank goodness you are. I mean, in the 15 years, uh, you, you could take the amount of visibility we've had, and the number of uh, even interviews that we've done, and put them on the top of a, a pin. I mean, because because there just isn't that appetite. But there sure as heck is when when things go wrong in trade. Okay, so. Thanks for, thanks for telling what you're doing. I guess it's possible. My pleasure. Um, I guess a couple more general questions. Are there any particular countries or regions or even continents that are specific focus here at the World Trade Center at all? Excuse me. Can you stop there for a second? I just went a long way. I'm sorry. Okay, here we go again. Well, we've been putting together an alliance. Uh, I think now there's about 114 different uh, business institutions in the state, whether they're chambers or associations or business schools that are in a, a loose alliance. And we try and, and be supportive of the areas where it seems like there's the most opportunity. Clearly, in terms of, of the, the numbers of delegations coming here, China is the... Um, would have the most coming. Um, as I mentioned to you, I was sent to China in, in 1978, along with two other fellows, and, and uh, I was working for first, the First National Bank of Chicago at the time, and we were awarded the, the first banking relationship with, the, with China in the Western world. <coughs> and also, we held the first corporate board meeting that was ever held. China holds uh, an awful lot of opportunity for us, in terms of partnerships, you know, people are talking about uh, the negative parts. Well, I think that, uh, and we've, we've had it happen with some of the people that uh, are members of ours. You know, if you've got a process, there's elements in the process in many of them, and sometimes you can take the elements that, you know, the least worthwhile from an economic point of view is competitive, and you can get 
you know, send that offshore to be done. Uh, and let's say you've got 100 jobs. Well, you say 70 or 80 of the jobs, and, you know, you've outsourced 20, but you still control your own business. You, you basically have partnered, or it opens up different opportunities. But we ask these trade missions when they come in is give us a list of the projects that you want to buy. You know, and one of the things that we do with China is we concentrate more in the in the Beijing, Tianjin, which is a city of 14 million, sister city to Beijing, and Shenyang, uh, which is a sister city of Chicago, and Leon Province, which is the, the sister province to the state of Illinois, the oldest one in that kind of relationship. That triangle up in the north of China is uh, like having Washington, Chicago and Detroit uh, as a marketplace. So, you know, we concentrate more on that than we do uh, down in Shanghai, although we do things in other areas of China. So, I think China and uh, and other areas in the, in the Far East, uh, uh, we have done a lot with uh, with Europe. Um, uh, Turkey, for instance, has been a, a major area. Ball is from Turkey. It's also uh, uh, he was an academic in Georgia for uh, a number of years before he came over and got his master's degree here in, uh, in Illinois. And then, um, well, the largest investor in, in, uh, in Illinois is Great Britain, Great Britain, Germany. Um, we have uh, a meeting that we were holding just before, uh, just as you arrived was on Africa, agribusiness in Africa with the, the Corporate Council of Africa and the, the, the Department of Commerce. We try and take the groups, <clears throat> you know, Chicago's the melting pot. Think of all the groups that are here. We've got over a million African Americans. That should be a logical bridge back into all sorts of countries in Africa where people, you know, uh, have come from, have relatives, understand how to trade there. Same thing with Europe, same thing with Asia. And there are about 30 ethnic chambers of commerce that are part of this alliance. So we work with, with um, Latin America. When I was at First National Bank, I had Western, Western Hemisphere for International Banking was what I was in charge of. All the countries of Latin America uh, hold opportunities. Canada is our biggest trading partner, and Mexico. Uh, so, I, no, it's, it's really... Uh, you can see from the people that we led to here, we, we try and cover Tianjin uh, in China, Shenyang is also going to run here. We have the Midwest uh, Chamber of Commerce for India, we have Valencia from Spain, we've got the French group, German group. We, we try and get a good cross section of the uh, geography and services. What would you have to do this? Middle East, there are about five countries in, in the Middle East, and uh, right now we have a growing interest in former Soviet republics because it's another growing market in Central Asia and Caucasus, the countries in Caucasus, um, and then Eastern Europe as well. Uh, we did a successful program on South Eastern Europe with uh, you know, those countries there. Um, we hosted groups from North Africa. Um, so it's, it's a wide range of, of countries. Allah um, <coughs> was mentioning the uh, uh, organization, a company called Gulf Care. Uh, this is two young fellows uh, from Saudi Arabia. And they, what they had, uh, put together was um, an extraordinary kind of company with some doctors from the United States. What it was was that you take a surgical suite and you put it on um, one trailer bed trucks and you can move that at times of natural disasters or whatever the situation might be. Even if a hospital needs a, is going to build a new surgery suite, they can have a temporary surgery to continue doing the surgeries that they're doing right outside the door. Uh, and one of the interesting things about this is you can set it up anywhere, completely mobile, natural disasters. They do a lot of stuff down with Katrina. Uh, and, and the best part of all is it's, it's built here in the suburbs of Chicago. So here's two young guys coming from Saudi Arabia partnering with doctors uh, from America to develop this concept and building it in the suburbs of Chicago. 
That's the best kind of choice. I think so. Um, now, moving along, I was taking a look at what it takes to become a member of World Trade Center on the West. And it looks like the starting level for dues is $1,500. And if your customers are small and medium-sized businesses, I think compared to other organizations in and around Chicago, it sounds kind of expensive. How do you justify $1,500 in dues for small companies? Well, first of all, we're a 501c3, 501c6, uh, so they're tax deductible. Uh, so we don't have a large budget to start with. So you, you have to raise the revenue to be able to employ people with the level of talent that are necessary to help these businesses. But for instance, in uh, a person that is paying the 1500 or there's some that pay at a higher level, uh, there are people who from uh, the matchmaking programs or the enhancements of their trade capabilities or uh, the the contacts they make in seminars or participation in speakers in seminars, all sorts of ways, they get a lot more back for that 1500 bucks than uh, uh, one would imagine at first blush. By the same token, uh, as I mentioned when we did the demonstration program with the cameras and the rest of it, I gave free membership to every one of the, the people that we sent a letter to, uh, with Jerry Roper, who was the head of the Chamber of Commerce, and I co-signed those letters. I gave them a free membership for a year in the World Trade Center of Chicago so that they'd all become eligible. Uh, and we do the same thing in all sorts of different ways, you know, to try and uh, at one and the same time raise enough revenue to be able to have a quality staff uh, and at the same time not have that, that uh, amount of money, any sort of a barrier to people who can benefit from it. Um, now, moving along to some of the services the World Trade Center Illinois offers, I saw that you have access to a lot of trade statistics, export, import, those kinds of things. And I'm just wondering, what is the source of those trade statistics? Does the World Trade Center have its own source or database? Is it the U.S. Department of Commerce, OECD, UN, World Bank? Where do these statistics come from? Well, first of all, we have access to um, a number of databases. It's not just one. Uh, right now, we have access to about 10 databases. And, you know, I, I, I want to bring an example of, of one specific one. Uh, we right now have access to customs of, of European Union, Japan, Canada, United, United States, Taiwan, and, and, and a number of other countries. For export info statistics for the United States, uh, the, the source of the Census Bureau, but uh, for other countries, it's, it's mostly their Ministry of uh, either Commerce or Ministries are responsible for the customers. But it's, uh, we, we, we want to make sure that all the information that we use are from government sources and reliable sources. And, you know, it's not just one source. It's a number of different sources, especially when it comes to other countries. Uh, mostly it's, again, government sources. Okay. And I know that you offer matchmaking services. But I know there are other organizations around Chicago who offer matchmaking services as well. So what's different or, you know, what's better about the matchmaking services World Trade Center offers as opposed to other people in Chicago? Um, are you talking about matchmaking for a Illinois company going abroad or matchmaking service for a foreign company coming in? Both directions. Well, both directions are different, I guess. Is, um, first, we are network of other World Trade Centers around the world. Right now, there are more than 330 World Trade Centers around the world. So we have the ability. If, if you're helping a company from Illinois, and then we've identified, let's say, Poland as the best potential export market for their products, um, you know, our chairman and our staff has the ability to contact the World Trade Center in Poland. And in-house, we have the ability to you know, first determine the first market uh, the, the, the best market, but after that, we have the ability in-house to find out about potential distributors, importers, sales reps, manufacturers, reps, whatever the company is looking for or whatever the company needs. If but you're a member of one World Trade Center, you're a member of all 330. So if you're traveling, for instance, you get access to free office space, some contacts that you know, help them getting started, that sort of thing. 
And some other reasons to take that step further. So even beyond matchmaking, you can follow up the matchmaking with these kinds of services that other people probably can't offer. And, and, and the difference is when you're helping a small company, and our children talked about the fear and the ignorance and, and a lot of other things, Okay, you're talking to a small company and you say, okay, Pulse is your best market and this is, a, you know, 10 companies that you want to meet with because it, they look like they're the best potential distributors for your product. But it's not just enough. To be able to convince them and, and comfort them that they're really reliable, legitimate businesses, you know, you have to, you, you have to have a contact uh, in Poland who can do background work, who can do due diligence, who can actually go and visit the company before they start doing anything with, with our company here. This is uh, from, you know, helping an Illinois company going abroad view. On the other side, um, foreign delegations, uh, groups of companies from all around the world coming into Chicago, um, I think over the years we've developed a unique experience uh, in helping these four groups of companies. And I just would like to add one thing to the previous conversation. We're not helping just anybody. The reason we're helping these phone companies looking for U.S. customers, as, as, as our chairman mentioned, is what we want to do, our products, U.S. products, still have the highest uh, quality. They are still regarded as top quality product. The reason that consumers around the world are not buying our product is mostly because they're really expensive. Now, we what, what, what we want to do is, uh, you know, we say you don't have to lose all of your 100 employees. Let's outsource these some functions from wherever, you know, they are done the same quality for a better price. Now, with your competitive prices, with your low cost, we can help you find new markets and new partners and new customers. Gotcha. Okay. Um, also, looking around your website, I saw American Airlines appears to be a sponsor, Compass, which is a great organization. Uh, they're pretty much front and center. Co-Face. But I wasn't able to see much more about other World Trade Center Illinois members. So how do you promote World Trade Center Illinois members? Well, there's a, a variety of ways that <coughs> variety of ways that you can promote them. If um, um, I can show you, uh, for instance, the the sheets from we probably do 80 programs uh, a year, and you can see the variety of, of different sponsors at different levels, uh, as well as individuals who just attend uh, uh, you know, on a traditional basis. But those those sponsors are across the board. If they if they want to be on the website, we'll put them on the website. When they join, we try and feature them. When they when they logically tie into a different program, we'll try and feature them that way. We might ask them uh, to be a, a speaker on one of the panels to get them more visibility with the, an audience that's interested in that kind of subject matter. I mean, our members at one and the same time are people that we can be of help to. But they can be of help to all sorts of people. I mean, I mentioned the the first person, Bilal, as the uh, as the person hits that that key, and the PC opens up to Bilal Ozir, the trade specialist. It may be that the problem that person has uh, is in more depth, and so it requires a specialist. We targeted businesses that we work with uh, that are members of. Uh, they're always a member of uh, a trade institution, a business institution. Um, and he can walk them uh, electronically, take them to that business. Let's say the, the need is in freight forwarding or trade finance or any one of the specialized kind of questions. Okay? Well, those are oftentimes members of ours who are specialists in those areas that also get the opportunity to do business, you know, with new members that are, are or people that are, are contacting us. The third level of help that we're able to provide, there's 1,800 foreign commercial officers around the world. In every embassy, in every consulate in the world, there are specialists from the Commerce Department who know more about that geographic market than anybody else does. We're in contact with them so that our people have the benefit of that kind of relationship. If a person, uh, let's say at, at, at Motorola, wanted to do business with somebody 100 miles outside of Delhi, India, okay, 
what would they do? They don't know that first name better than we do. What they do is they go into their webpage, they find the India desk or some title that sounds like the right one to cover that particular business. They send them an email. That person will send back a response as to how the transaction is going to take place, etc. That's the internal infrastructure of that corporation. Well, our ombudsman, our specialized businesses, our 1,800 colleagues in the, in the commercial service, and then in this instance, as Blau pointed out earlier, I can contact the, the chairman of the uh, World Trade Center in New Delhi, and he becomes a person who can then contact that business 100 miles away from him. And finally, we have relationships with all sorts of uh, NGOs and non-government organizations, uh, the International Chambers of Commerce, AmCham, you want to go to Singapore, the American Chamber of Commerce in Singapore. It's one of the best groups of its kind throughout the world. They can help an American business. Uh, I can contact them. They can help an Illinois business. So all of a sudden, whether it's that or it's an environmental group or an energy group or a, a health group, I was appointed by the president to be the environmental delegate uh, to the uh, uh, the environmental committee of the EBRD, the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, which is Eastern and Central Europe and all Russia, one of these things. I saw these NGOs all over the world. We we're in touch with them. So all of a sudden, the small or medium-sized business here, it doesn't have the internal infrastructure that a Motorola or a Boeing has. But we're creating forms these five levels of infrastructure, they give them a heck of a lot more reach and a heck of a lot more muscle than they ever had before. Is it perfect? No. Not anywhere near perfect. But we're in the game, and we're going to keep in the game. And in addition to that, at the same time, what we're trying to do is be involved in the educational side. So we've got demonstration programs going in the Chicago and the school system. We want to make them statewide. So the next generation of kids if you can teach them trade, if you can teach them consumerism, you can teach them environment, you can teach them trade. So new careers, new job opportunities are available to these kids as they come out of school. Great. Well, now, um, you talked about uh, obstacles and barriers and so on. Language is one of them. Do you help either U.S. companies working in countries that speak different languages, and do you help foreign delegations who don't speak English so well when they come here? Sure, both. Uh, we have, you know, at any given time, we have multiple languages that are, are spoken here uh, by our, our phone staff. We also have, at different times, 20 to 40 interns that come in from business schools uh, across the country. There are very few internships available for international trade. And, you know, when they go to our webpage, they seem to think that this is a a pretty good opportunity because what we try and do is when these people come in, we try and give them some experience in each aspect uh, of what a World Trade Center can do about trade so that when they leave here, you know, they've got a real skill uh, that, uh, you know, they can offer to a, an international business. So, uh, yeah, and they, of course, have all sorts of language capabilities and then speakers and uh, universities we work with and there's, there's no shortage in Chicago of people who speak every language under the sun. And I guess lastly in services, can you give an example of a local technology company that you have? Okay. Yeah. Um, one good example was a developer of a software program um, that has to do with security with the banks. So, um, as you know, the banking industry is gaining momentum um, in Eastern Europe, in Middle East, um, and in China. So, we have introduced them to uh, to the banks in, in those countries and areas. And as far as I know, they so far have five, contact, five contracts with five banks overseas. I love that. It's a great result. And also the BioDiesel company that's been... Uh, Developer of this five-year-old process, the, uh, um, the all of the new technology in places like Abbott and, and Baxter and people like that. Uh, we work very closely with the Council Generals. You know, there's 82 countries accredited here in Chicago. Outside of Washington, the largest one in the country, and there's also 40 commercial officers who are specialists in trade for their countries. We work very. So, in other words, even bigger than New York in terms of. 
consulate in Stalin? Yeah. I mean, you've got the ambassadors of the United Nations, but the different, you know, the different consulates, this is the second one. Okay. So, um, I, and I know on a quality, from a quality point of view, it's really... Well, okay, no doubt about that. Oh, they're really, they're really a terrific group. I mean, see, this is you in Chicago. There's a completely different view outside Chicago than sometimes we realize. This is viewed as an, as an ambassadorial post by most countries. In other words, it's not a consulate. It's, you'll find a number of, of people serving now as consul generals have been ambassadors. Uh, you know, they'll come from ambassadorships to this because it's viewed that importantly. The... Um, Traditionally in America, the, the trading patterns have been off the East Coast to the Europe, Middle East, and Africa, off the West Coast to South America and to Asia. And so the Middle West, you know, really wasn't seen as that kind of an opportunity. It was for agriculture. You know, it was for something. Today, Chicago, especially being the capital of the 160 million people in the Midwest, is an extraordinarily important opportunity for these countries. That's why you have uh, the largest, uh, the largest size of, of uh, the housework corps and commercial officers. Uh, Mayor Daly has uh, clearly emphasized in a hundred different ways that uh, Chicago is the leader of the future. That the international piece is important to us. It's not either or; it's both. You know, it's, it's both. And, uh, and our bid for the Olympics is tied in uh, in all the different dimensions, whether it's trade or it's education or it's cultural or it's sport or what have you. Uh, you know, this is, uh, I think he's right. I think he's looking to be to lead the city, uh, he's that right, or lead it to win the bid in 2016. And that'll be a great thing for our children and our children's children. I certainly hope so. Um, no. International trade, in a lot of ways, is all about making connections. And so I'd just like to ask a few questions about World Trade Center Illinois' relationships with other organizations. First of all, locally, how do you work together with the foreign uh, or U.S. Department of Commerce, the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunities, World Business Chicago, the International Trade Club, International Trade Association in Greater Chicago? How do you work well, together with them, or do you compete with them? No, I've never seen it as competition. I mean, I think generally you'd find that we're the ones that most often will invite everybody, you know, all the other groups to be co-sponsors of, of the programs. And we often will do that without them making any kind of a financial contribution to it. I mean, I, I think, you know, we're the strong, we're as strong as our weakest part as far as being a, a, a force in international activity and international trade. So. Uh, the differentiation is in the area of trade. I think there are probably 75 groups that have the word international someplace in their in their title. You know, some are policy and some are different. Stuff. But I think we're the only one in the private sector that's focused just on trade. That's what we exist for. Um, the uh, world business, as I said, that's the investment arm of the city. It, it's the a trade delegation came here and some people wanted to uh, make an investment. We called friends over every agent and uh, the folks at, at World Business Chicago called them. They take over that part of it. Uh, the Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, Jack Levin is a terrific director. I mean, he's been as, as good as any around state government for a long time and he's the best one I've seen. And uh, he's a uh, He's been very supportive, and Bulldog, which has been very supportive um, of our activities. The, um, so that's the city and the state. Uh, uh, John Stroger, when he was alive, uh, had gotten the county involved in a number of, of initiatives in trade, and, and uh, so we'll be following up in that area. But basically, we're in the private sector. We, we don't get government grants. Um, <laughs> They just, you know, they, they don't see trade in the same light that, that we think other countries see it in, and, and we're trying to uh, help on the educational side as well. And you mentioned that if you're a member of the World Trade Center Illinois, you're a member of all World Trade Center organizations. That's correct, yeah. Are there any limits to what mm -hmm. members here can participate in 
in other places, or can they take advantage of any and all World Trade Center activities anywhere throughout the world? Sure, they have uh, a membership card. They can get into the web page. They can see the you know buy sell opportunities. They can uh, you know if you, I mean I've done it. You walk into a, another trade center and here's your card. You know I'm a member of World Trade Center in Illinois and they'll welcome you and they'll say I'll give you help you. Oftentimes they'll have a, a club. They usually have you know an individual building which somebody will have here. Uh, the um, uh, and it'll have a club as part of it. It'll have uh, some uh, temporary office space that will be available that will help you with contacts. So it's, it's, you know, a lot of things. It's, it's a camaraderie that has been built up over you know, the last several decades, and, and it works. Okay. And then lastly, uh, the World Trade Center Illinois is a part yeah, let me Let me just add one other thing. If, if they were going to go overseas, uh, then if they contacted Bilal or myself or someone here, you know, I'd be glad to contact the chairman uh, or CEO of, of where they're going, you know, and, uh, and, and that facilitates it a little bit more for them. Uh, introductions always help. Yeah. No very human, very human intensive, personal, personal, male intensive uh, kind of relationship. Sure. Um, World Trade Center Illinois is also part of the larger World Trade Center Association, yeah. which Obviously, are the buildings that went down on 9-11, and I understand yeah. after that there have been some changes and so on. And so I'm just wondering about the relationship with the World Trade Center Association headquarters. Yeah. Is there any benefits here in the United States, and how you coordinate together with them? Yeah, uh, we, we, uh, we are members of the association, long-time members of the association. It's headed by a phone named Guy Tizzoli. Uh, he was actually the one who created the concept of, of World Trade Center. And in fact, I'm, uh, at his invitation, he's going to be uh, part of a, an international program next week in New York. And, uh, it's head the World Trade Centers from uh, six or seven other World Trade Centers that are participating in the thing. He was the head of, of the uh, trade activity for the Port Authority of New York at the time that... Uh, uh, Governor Rockefeller was uh, thinking of developing the south end of Manhattan. And I don't know if you remember the name Moses, but Moses was a great builder out there. I, I don't mean that Moses from 2,000 years ago, Bob Moses built the highways and everything else. Well, he used up all the bond authority. So the only entity that had some bonding capability was the Port Authority. And so the idea of building the World Trade Center in the southern end of Manhattan to stabilize that area from a real estate point of view and also to emphasize the importance of trade was born that way. And Guy Cizoli was then brought over and made the head of the first World Trade Center. It was originally uh, New York, uh, New Orleans, because of the Superdome, and Osaka were the first three. I think we were seventh in the, uh, in the world or something like that. And uh, now there's over... 330, and there isn't a major city in the world that doesn't have it. Usually what you have is you'll have uh, three entities. You'll have um, <clears throat> the convention center, you'll have a hotel, uh, and you'll have the, uh, the trade center building itself where the international businesses and what have you will be, will be housed. And uh, we were going to have that here in Chicago. Uh, it was going to be the place of towers and the uh, Nico Hotel, and then the area right behind it. The groundbreaking was done for the building and the real estate market fell apart. So we haven't gotten to the, uh, the new building yet, but that's, that's, uh, that's still in the future, and, and one day there will be a, a physically a great World Trade Center here. They're building in all over the world. Uh, you know, the 9-11 business was uh, you know, a terrible thing. They had actually tried to blow it up in 93, because only went through both of those things that way. And, uh, but he came out of it, and the trade center, as an institution, has come out of it. And, you know, there's, if you're doing business with somebody, you're a lot less likely to start a war with them. Well, hard to agree. So trade's a pretty good idea for us to get real good at, uh, you know, uh, and the sooner the better. It's new careers for our kids. And uh, I went to a school called Thunderbird, and one of the mantras is Thunderbird. Yeah. You know, those who trade won't fight one another. But as, as you also would know uh, from, from Thunderbird, 
probably tell you that there is an college or university in this country that has uh, a degree in international trade. Well, the University of South Carolina is but I'm not sure if they do it. Oftentimes, it'll be, it'll be uh, international relations and trade. So they'll tie it together. But you look around the world, trade, they don't have any, any uh, lack of understanding of how critically important trade is. Well, I've got a lot more competition these days. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I guess one other question about the World Trade Center situation sure. worldwide. Yeah. It looks like the World Trade Centers are somewhat underrepresented in Latin America, or at least South America. And I'm just wondering if you have any idea why that might be. Uh, well, I, I don't know the percentages, uh, but I do know that there have been very substantial ones uh, built fairly recently in Brazil, in Chile, and uh, Argentina. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really keep track of them that way. Sure. But I know that the, uh, the movement has... Uh, uh, you know, has expanded there and also in the Middle East. Uh, in China, for instance, there's a World Trade Center. They put a World Trade Center in every one of their provinces. It's a central point for trade. Uh, you know, bring all the elements you know, together to it. But the Middle East and uh, uh, Dubai and uh, Qatar and uh, all sorts of places uh, they have them there. And I didn't, I wasn't able to attend it, but. Uh, the handover of Hong Kong to China. Uh, the World Trade Center, the head of World Trade Centers around the world were invited to be the guest of honor uh, as the international business entity that, uh, you know, the honored guests are witnessing these. And so it's very well known all over the world, and, uh, and hopefully we'll do a good enough job that we can get a better known here, this is uh, the first radio interview that I can think of that I've done in 15 years on this subject. Thanks very much. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're doing it, and anything we can do to help you anytime, we'd be glad to do it. Well, I will hopefully take you up on that. Okay. You got it. Um, let's finish up with a couple personal questions. Yeah, you sure. mentioned your, your trip to China with the First National Bank in Chicago. Right. How did you get started in international trade? Is that it or anything else? Well, I always found... Um, in the different activities, I had been uh, deputy mayor, assistant first, and then mayor, mayor Daly's father, and returning uh, to the museums, and then I was lieutenant governor, and, um, and eventually attorney general for three years. Every, everything that I, every one of those jobs, any time I had a chance to host uh, you know, a delegation or individuals from overseas, I always found it fascinating. Uh, their approach to things, you know, that they they would see it in such a uh, you know a broad way, and the reason was because nobody's been blessed the way the United States has. Well, we we had all the resources, and many of these do, within ourselves. We don't have to be dependent on three other countries for this, this, or this. Uh, we don't. Uh, Paul Simon was one of the guys that talked about uh, what cripples we are as far as language is concerned because we we very seldom have a second. You go to Europe, Asia, Africa, and sometimes you'll have the third and fourth and fifth language uh, that the, the, the people will have. I, I know when I was a, a student and I was in Europe in, in, uh, in the 50s, um, we, the person on the bus who was giving the tour spoke seven languages, and I thought, seven? I'm having trouble with the ones. Did you speak any other languages? Well, I spoke uh, a little bit of French, and, and uh, when I was in charge of West Ham, the first Chicago life, I got enough Spanish together to be able to you know, at least understand a little bit about buying a bank, which I did one time for first Chicago and Argentina, commercial banking. So, but... Uh, but I, I wish I did because, you know, my wife and I had gone to uh, some friends of ours who, who taught us Spanish seven in the morning and four in the afternoon. I went to seven months and four in the afternoon. She passed away because in those days there weren't any elected Hispanic officials in the state. And uh, we thought just as a sign of, of respect that whenever we went out into the community, we wanted at least attempt to address the community. And so, 
and language. Um, and the same thing is true, you know, with languages with other communities. Even if it's only a, a few words, it's really appreciated. So I, uh, I wish I was uh, talented enough to be multilingual. Yeah. I'll leave that up to bright fellows like my friend Bilal. Okay. Well, just, just last question. Is there anything that's important about the World Trade Center, or specifically the World Trade Center Illinois, that we haven't covered, or that you think people need to know? Yeah, I, I think that people need to know that, that we're here, that we've, we've been developing a system for years that uh, appears to really help small businesses and medium-sized businesses. The idea that it doesn't have a high enough priority that, you know, the, the, uh, the government put in a bill to give us a million and a half dollars uh, to, to do the rest of the state, uh, in addition to that 200000 we got for the demonstration grant. It got killed, you know, on, on a, a thing where, uh, uh, you know, somebody wanted to take something out on, uh, on the governor for a different reason, and so they just killed their vote. Uh, you can't, you know, it's going to be too late when people finally figure out, uh, um, you know, how important trade is and what kind of support trade gets from other countries. To see a state like Illinois not put any money into trade, the city not, we don't have any funding in the city. Uh, I think they're really done a terrific job and willing to qualify our business and support them. But I, I think some of the priorities have to change. And, you know, these are new careers, they're new opportunities, and uh, opportunities for kids with jobs. We're going to have 40 kids this summer from the Chicago Public Schools, and we're going to teach them four days a week, full days. We're going to teach them trade. And those kids will have new careers, new credentials for new careers when they come out of here. No reason that that isn't done across the state of Illinois. China is all over the continent of Africa. We don't even know that's happening. And it's nothing. Not bad on their part. They're just being, you know, aggressive. Uh, and a lot of other countries are being very aggressive. We used to be aggressive. We better get real aggressive on trade before we uh, find out that it's too late. Very good. Well, Bill Ozer, Neil Hardigan, thank you very much. Okay.